Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Ben. We're opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on We're With the Whatever Girls, this Wednesday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. I hope everybody out there is safe and sane. Now, growing up during the Great Depression, my parents knew deep hardship as children. As a result, they were hardworking and grateful money stewards, but they were never greedy. They gave time, talent, treasury to their church, charity groups, and the needy indeed. They had handled their money wisely and gave cheerfully. As believers in Jesus, my parents took to heart the Apostle Paul's warning. Those who want to get rich fall into the temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Paul gave this advice to Timothy, the young pastor of the city of Ephesus, a wealthy city where riches tempted all. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, Paul warned. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. What then is the antidote to greed? Being rich toward God, said Jesus, by pursuing, appreciating, and loving our Heavenly Father above all, He remains our chief delight. As the psalmist wrote, Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. Rejoicing in Him daily relieves us of coveting, leaves us contented. May Jesus redeem our heart's desires, making us rich towards God. You know the drill, folks. Father God, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, replacing our greed with holy hunger for you. In your son's Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as I stated during the onset of today's show, we are going to be doing an organizational feature today. We've got a father-daughter dance that is coming up on Saturday, 12 November, 6.30 start time at Center Place in the Valley, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be talking to a principal of an organization called The Whatever Girls. And as we always strongly encourage you folks, you got to log on and check them out. You can do so by going to www.thewhatevergirls.com. Again, that'll be thewhatevergirls.com. And with that said, let's go ahead and roll out a huge red right Spokane perspective carpet for none other than Aaron. How are you doing tonight, Aaron? Doing great. How about you guys? Oh, not too awful bad, Aaron. Anyway, we we are having a little bit of a rocky start (laughs) on today's show, but just bear with me, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to get through it together for sure. I think it's the, the cold. It might be the change in the weather, that is for sure, boy, I'll tell you. you know, we saw a little bit of snow over the weekend, just giving us a little taste of what's to come. Well, and some cold temperatures, but I think the electronics are warmed up now, so we're going to be talking about whatever, girls. And you guys have a Facebook page, a website. Tell the listeners a little bit of history about yourself, Aaron, and also the whatever, girls. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for the invitation to join you. The Whatever Girls, I started in about 2012 when my daughter Grace was about to go into middle school. So I did not grow up in a church-going home, but was raised with Judeo-Christian values and didn't come to my own faith until I was an adult. But when my daughter was approaching her middle school years, I was seeing the impact that the culture was having on a lot of the kids her age at such an early age. And I wanted to be really intentional about 
how I was going to parent her in the middle school and high school years. And so after some prayer and consideration, I decided to start a small group for her in which we invited her friends and some of her friends' moms to join us and just simply have a small group setting in our home where the girls had an opportunity to share what was on their hearts with their moms and their moms could as a collective group, share some wisdom with the girls. And we did Bible studies and and fun activities with them. And it just grew into something over the years that was beyond what I originally intended. I intended this just to be for a few years for my daughter. But once I started sharing about this with friends across the country, it kind of took root because a lot of the moms I spoke with said, I wish I had had something like this when my daughter was younger or wish I had something like this when I was younger, because it can be really challenging for teen girls to navigate the culture. There are so many different kinds of pressures that they just simply don't know how to face. And when they don't have a good set of friends, it is so easy to fall into the trap of just going with what the status quo is and not having the desire to stand on their faith. And so one of the prominent features of whatever girls is discipleship. And I tell the girls that I work with a lot that you're going to have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You might have to sit at the lunch table by yourself. You might not get invited to things, but you need to stand on your faith and your faith needs to be the most important thing to you. And so we focus a lot on that discipleship nature of the relationships. And then we also, as we'll talk later in our discussion, a father-daughter ball, we do an empowering women brunch and awards every year. And we do some other events throughout the year, too. In fact, we have a Christmas Day camp coming up in December. So just trying to give girls an opportunity to be rooted in some good friendships while being involved with their parents so that their parents can be involved with what they're doing in life. Oh, you bet, Aaron. You definitely jumped in. I mean, you recognize something that could very well be a big time issue, you know, and, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, Tim, you know, when it comes to formative years for children and whatnot, I mean, you've got a little bit of a stepladder here. You know, when you're in elementary school, that's, you know, one little step in the ladder. You get to middle school and I mean, your environment is like 180 degrees turned around, you know, because now you're you're being expected to become more social and things to that effect. You know, I mean, as as you get into the middle school and your body starts to change, your hormones are raging and you just don't know what to do sometimes then you then you get thrown into high school and then you got those college years and and to me i think it sounds like there's uh having the women get together mothers daughters and of course coming up fathers daughters for a dance supporting those young ladies and women in i think the culture is really just putting way too much pressure on women these days to look maybe even unnatural you know you see the pop culture putting that pressure on and then to experience things that are confusing so uh, tell tell us a little bit about how the group kind of comes around women and girls having to do with the culture because you did briefly touch on that but i know that now there's more pressure than ever Absolutely. And I think, and I will also mention that now we also work with younger girls. So we work with a lot of elementary age school girls. So we're basically a K through 12 organization. But yes, the culture is insane. I mean, when I started Whatever Girls, I will admit I was also very 
concerned that my daughter would repeat some of the mistakes that I made as a young lady. I was pregnant at 21, married at 22, divorced at 23, and then just had a very difficult season and then later came into my faith. But that was really what drove me to start this ministry for her. And so looking back, I was really focusing on, well, I don't want her to do some of the things that I did, but I didn't focus on discipleship. And so the discipleship is key because we do address, of course, what it means to be a Christian, why, you know, why to follow Jesus, how to follow Jesus, how to grow that relationship, but also the cultural things like, you know, right now a big thing is gender confusion. Right. We talked to the girls about, I had one, one little girl in my group who was confused about, she so enjoyed a friendship with another girl that she had some people telling her that she had a crush on the girl. And she just, it was very confusing for her because uh, I think it was you, Tim, mentioned that those formative years, they are so easily swayed by the culture. And so it's easy to have those natural feelings of friendship, but then having, uh, of course, the enemy, but the culture twists things and tell girls or boys that, no, this isn't natural. This means that you were meant to be born a boy or you're really a boy or you prefer boys and things like that. It's pretty amazing. I mean, it's the pressure on the children when they're just trying to figure out how to be social, how to, you know, navigate friendships and set up boundaries of friendships. You know, well, no, you can't call me after 10. My mom says I can't talk on the phone. You know, just all of those simple things that, you know, how you play, how rough you get when you rough house, what sports you like, then you start meeting friends and then you, you find one, oh, this is, this is great. We're getting along. You end up having a few best friends throughout your lifetime. And just because you have a best friend, regardless of whether they're same sex or not, it doesn't mean that it has to be a romantic best friend. Exactly. It's true. It's so true. And so we've talked about that. We've talked about, in fact, we just had a celebration, a National Daughters Day celebration in September. And we talked about that. Why does the culture want to corrupt what God created and tell girls or boys that there's something wrong with them? And we addressed that it is wonderful to be a girl. And I don't mean in some ultra feminist way, but I mean that God has created each of us with a purpose to do the good works that he had planned for us. And so he created us male and female with those purposes in mind. And so I, I talk to these girls and tell them that there are benefits to being a woman that a man doesn't have. And so, you know, you've got the gift of mother for women that are fortunate enough to be mothers. And there's the nurturing aspect that women have that men don't have. But then to counter that, there are things that men are capable of doing because God created them that way. You know, they're the protectors, the providers in certain ways. Those are things not to to be ashamed of, or in the case of men, emasculate men over. Those are things that, you know, God's design was is perfect. And so we're trying to teach these girls that you need to remember that God doesn't make mistakes. And, you know, we talk also about social media and the dangers of social media. Oh, that's a really important one. Yeah. That is for sure. I mean, yeah, there is so absolutely. much, yeah, so many different social media platforms out there. It's just amazing. You could swat at that stuff all day long. Well, yeah, social oh, media, yeah. the predators that are out there, and then, of course, the websites and things that oh, are no doubt. Uh, predatory with yep. children on there. 
It, it's so true. I mean, even, you know, I've heard some studies that within 10 minutes, it's easy to get become depressed once you get onto social media because you're instantly inundated with messages of not measuring up. There's the covetedness that people have of, you know, I want more of this and I want more of that and I don't measure up. And then there's the gossip and things like that that happen with, you know, the cyberbullying and things like that. And then, of course, there's also the data collection, the privacy issues with some of those apps that that they keep the information on us and then they market accordingly. And then there's the distraction. I will say that I think one of the biggest issues is we, we get lulled to sleep with our devices and we don't we lose track of what's important in our lives and i think for parents that's a huge trap too i have a lot of women say i don't have time to start a group for my daughter and i think that there's i think that we think that we're a lot busier than we actually are but i would pinpoint that to social media and phones and things like that that are keeping us away from the thing that's most important and that's our families yeah you betcha well and you know we look back at our grandparents generation and you know they were allowed maybe an hour of tv a day but there was only three channels to pick from (laughs) and uh and, and half an hour of that was when their parents were watching the news and they made sure that their children were kept up on current events and then there was you know the you know one of the uh, nightly shows that that children would watch with their parents and today there's thousands of channels there's millions and millions of websites and the social media and then of course podcasts there's so many things out there that can grab our attention but we're going to have to uh, distract our attention for one moment from whatever girls because we're going to have to take a break we're going we're going to be right back with Aaron from whatever girls and we're going to talk a little bit more about the events that they've had and the one coming up don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. No doubt that you've been hearing about our crazy real estate market. Whether you need to sell your beloved home to downsize or wish to travel the world, you must have an ethical representative to put you first and make sure your transition goes smoothly while protecting your interests. In a market with competing offer scenarios and many inexperienced agents, Jennifer Swisher offers a decade of expertise in rural and urban residential sales and property management. Swisher Sales offers a risk-free, easy exit listing with a communication and performance guarantee. Simply put, if you're not satisfied, you can walk away at any time without a penalty. Now, what do you have to lose? Call Jennifer today for a hassle-free market analysis or any other real estate question. Swisher Sales will simplify your buying and selling process and provide you a peace of mind while you navigate the challenging real estate market. Call or text Jennifer at 509 220 5373 or send an email to swisher sales at gmail.com. Again, 220-5373 or swisher sales at gmail.com. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on We're with the Whatever Girls this Wednesday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. Now, in case you missed out on the first half of today's show, don't fret, ladies and gentlemen. There is redemption. You can catch us on a rebroadcast tonight at 9 p.m. right here on the fabulous 630 or 96.5 FM. Or you can grab that good old-fashioned internet, your favorite podcast service. Grab a hold of the Right Spokane Perspective shows there, and uh, you can share all the shows that are there archived, including today's with whatever girls. And so we did jump off into the break talking about how 
podcasts can be distracting. So we're, we're doing one right now to distract people from their devices and maybe go to some events that are done with Whatever Girls. So Aaron, tell us about the events that Whatever Girls does and how long this event coming up has been going on. You bet. So when I started the organization a couple of years into it, I realized that I couldn't hardly have a ministry for girls that did not encompass the father-daughter relationship. That is so important because girls are greatly impacted by their relationship that they have with their father. So our fathers are instrumental in teaching us how to expect to be treated by men. It shapes our view of men and all sorts of things. There you go, Erin. I was just getting ready to ask you if any of your teachings would also involve, you know, dating and date relationships and, you know, whether or not you're getting together with a jerk or a jerkhead or, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's so very important, especially at that, that young age. It is, absolutely. So we also, another aspect of our, I call it our fatherhood initiative, is that we want men to, we want to inspire men to be the dad that their daughter needs. And we feel that inspiring men is a lot more effective than some of the things you see happening in the media, like the emasculation, treating men like they're idiots or that there's no place for them. We respect men and, and want them to feel valued by us and by their families and so we do this father-daughter ball once a year because that's what we believe we're putting it into practice and we have the last count we had about 600 dads and daughters wow yeah our first father-daughter ball in two years we due to the lockdowns the last couple of years we weren't able to have our event so we did a couple of alternate events but this year we're back and we can't wait we've seen a lot of dads and daughters throughout the years you know these little girls coming when they're young and now they're teenagers it's just really really special and then we do a father of the year award called the sonora smart god father of the year award i don't know if you guys know this but father's day was founded in spokane yes it was Yes, in 1910. And Ms. Dodd wanted to, or Smart at that time, wanted to honor her father who had been a single father, I think of, I think it was of 10 children. But anyways, we, we're, we're doing this all on the mantle of honoring men and trying to raise awareness about the critical role that dads play in their daughters' lives. And so that's coming up. And then every spring we do an empowering women brunch and awards events and the purpose of that event is to highlight women in our community who are women of faith christian faith who are bringing their faith into the marketplace we also do an award for that event so women that are in the marketplace in different capacities public service also women who are makers of the home we highlighting them through our awards and it's a great way for us to show the younger girls who attend this event that there are women in our community living out their faith boldly making a difference and that is as Christ followers what is expected of us and the reason I started this event was because there was an absence of in the community there are some some other events that highlight women's achievements but they're not in alignment with our biblical worldview and so I Like I said, there was a void there, so I rebranded this event, which was formerly just a women's tea, and it's been very effective, a great way to show girls that and inspire women to live out their faith boldly, and it really encompasses to that Titus II mandate of older women to teaching 
the younger women how to do things, how to love their family, how to raise their children. And we're also really impressed upon to do things like teach girls how to have homemaking skills. I have a passion to teach girls how to preserve food. So just different things that help girls get along in life so that they're not dependent on systems and things like that. And then I mentioned we have a Christmas day camp. Our second one is this year. So it's just a way to get girls together and do something fun with their moms. And then we also have a quarterly larger event for girls where women of all ages, it's a multi-generational event. We've got one coming up in December for people to come and learn about whatever girls and get involved if they'd like and start and learn how to start a whatever girls group of their own. Wow. You have definitely (laughs) taken a very small idea, you know, involving a couple of moms and their daughters, and you have just scaled this thing up tremendously, it sounds like. So so you're looking for more chapters around the country. How many, uh, you know, locations is there, like how many states is this starting to pop up in and, and organize with you via the website and whatnot? Yeah, so we've got approximately 12 groups. It just it kind of ebbs and flows based on the mom's availability to keep things going. But we have a few chapters in Spokane, and then we've got some across the, the country. We've got a few in Texas. We've got one in West Virginia, uh, gosh, Tennessee. We did have an Air Force family transfer to Japan, and they took the group there with them. So we And we do have a worldwide reach through social media, but the groups, we've got about 12 across the country, including the one in Japan. But we're wanting to grow this and invite moms and women like grandmothers, aunts, or women in the church who have a heart to mentor young ladies to get in touch with us and see about starting a group because, you know, there's so much wrong in the world and a lot of people feel helpless. But I believe that we can really make a difference by something as simple as inviting people into our homes and sharing the Bible with them and discipling the next generation. That is where where the change that needs to happen in our world is going to come from. It's not going to come from our politicians or our schools, certainly not our schools or different places like that. I've got this audacious idea that parents are the primary influencers in their children's lives. And what you think? <laughs> and, and we, we no parents. To, I, they, they talk about us as caregivers these days. Yeah, we're, we're oh the caregiver. Goodness. You know, for the children that the state is planning on. You know, deciding their the, the industries <laughs> that they're working in. I mean, this like this birth twenty education system is kind of what they're looking at and. Yeah, I mean, I would think the parents have a, have a lot more influence over the children. And, and, and of course, you've yeah. got these groups getting together of young women and young ladies. And when you do that, I, I know that in education, we, you know, since you brought up education, we don't really have the classes that we used to. I mean, the boys used to do mm-hmm. mechanics. I mean, t- sometimes a girl would do the mechanics and wood shop. But there was also the home economics type things where you learned how to, you know, balance the needs of a, of a household, learn on to sew on buttons, mm-hmm. you know, balance your checkbook, that kind of thing. So is that something, whatever, girls, when you guys get together in your uh, split groups, you guys kind of have uh, smaller meetings for different groups, right? Yeah, we do smaller. So one of the the main things that we do is Bible studies. So I've got some great books we've gone through. And in fact, starting Monday, I lead a group of of a small group of girls. And Monday, we're starting a month, a several month long 
lessons on biblical citizenship through the Patriot Academy. And so that's another thing is we're proud Americans. We're very patriotic and that's one of our values. And so we're going to be learning about what it means to be biblical citizenship citizens and learning about America's true history, starting from the pilgrims and the true, the truth behind the pilgrims and uh, the reason that they came to America and just wanting to try our very best to create critical thinking girls who are looking for the truth. And we just, we've got enough low information people out there trying to Oh, you betcha. You bet. Well, this is going down the rabbit hole, if you will, a little bit. It's definitely off topic. But as a Christian mother, as a Christian citizen, give us about one minute of your heart what you think about this election going on right now. Well, I'm excited. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I have that it's been hard for those of us that are Christ followers that vote our biblical values the last couple of years. I believe that we need to continue to stay engaged. And I I really feel strongly that we're going to be blessed. I don't think God has turned his back on our nation. Uh, We've turned our back on him. And there's a verse in uh, 2 Chronicles 7.14 that says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, he will heal heal our land. But we, uh, oh, and confess our sins. We need to we need to do our part. We need to confess our sins and humble ourselves. And I believe that we're going to see things turn around Tuesday, but that doesn't mean that we should grow complacent. We need to, I think conservatives, unfortunately, have a, a short memories. We forget about things and we, we need, there's a lot that's been happening the last couple of years and we need to, once we regain power, I think, hold some people accountable for some things. And I believe that we are going to see a good victory, but we should, like I was just saying, we, we cannot afford to grow complacent. We have to become civically engaged because if we don't like the way that the country is being run, then we, and we don't do anything about it, we have nothing but ourselves to blame. Oh, you bet. And judging by the convictions that I've just heard come from you, Aaron, I know that you're bringing up those girls really well, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, we're, we're sure trying and, and really desire for their moms to be involved too, because it's something I didn't hit on is girls need to have an open relationship with their moms i mean there's a there's certainly a place for having you know small secrets and things like that or a personal life but moms need to be involved and i think just the even the smallest of things that they do to be involved with their girls builds equity in that relationship and same with the dads so you can't i cannot overstate that important the importance of the parents involvement in their kids lives oh you bet and you know the one thing that i've noticed about kids especially with daughters i mean they might be attached to dad's leg when they're really really young but as they grow and they mature they become mom's best friend for the most part mm-hmm. yeah, and that's the way yeah, that's the way that that works so Boy, I tell you, Godspeed to you, Godspeed to the whatever girls. And as well, ladies and gentlemen, Saturday, the 12th of November at Center Place in Spokane Valley. We're talking about a father-daughter dance that's going to be happening, sponsored by the whatever girls. Y'all got to log on and check it out, ladies and gentlemen. You can do so by going to www.thewhatevergirls.com. Again, that'll be thewhatevergirls.com. Now, they don't have a phone number at this particular 
little point in time, but I have been told that they are watching that email and you can go ahead and send them an email for additional questions and things to that effect in the event that you might have some trouble registering for the father-daughter dance coming up on Saturday, the 12th of November. You can send that email to info at thewhatevergirls.com. Again, that'll be info at thewhatevergirls.com. All of that being said, Aaron, we want to thank you so very much for what you have done and have put together in a short amount of time uh, that you have and that this thing is global now. You're definitely getting a reach across the United States. And once again, I wish you and your organization Godspeed with all of that. All right. Well, I you know, sure appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, we're out of time for today, folks, but definitely share this podcast with fathers who have daughters that might want to attend this father-daughter dance. And uh, and again, go to the website, get those tickets, and it's the whatevergirls.com, and just get registered. Go out, have some fun, because there's nothing else to do. It's cold outside. <laughs> so, no doubt. With, with that, thanks again, Aaron, and we'll bring you back on again. And folks out there, stay warm. Bye-bye. All of that being said, Mike and Tim are out of here today. We'll be back at you in your face again tomorrow.